Hi, this is Michelle with The Fringe Following, and it is October 22nd, 2021. And it's been a minute since I've recorded a podcast. It's been a while, and I keep saying that to the point that when I start a podcast, I feel like I'm starting a confessional. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. It's been 32 days since my last podcast. (laughs) And these are the standards that I hold to myself because when I start something, I like to finish it. I like to see it through. I like to continue to contribute to it. About, I don't know, probably five or six weeks ago, I saw an incredibly scary um, video of a coach that I have followed for a while. And he went through some of the history of like when Hitler was in power and how certain countries, one of the ways that they would get countries to accede to power is to cut off their food supply, their water supply, um, you know, possibly their shelter, et cetera, et cetera. And he had shown these very powerful pictures of people eating other people, people eating feces. It was incredibly disturbing and it really... It was, it was pretty much shortly after my last podcast, and I was just floored. And I'm not going to say that that happens, if that's going to happen to us, the United States of America. But one thing that I do realize is that I was vulnerable. I live a city, urban lifestyle. We live on the outskirts of the city because I don't prefer to, to be around the hustle and bustle. I prefer to visit when I want to and get out of it when I need to. But, you know, we don't have, we don't, we don't grow a lot of food. We don't raise chickens. Um, We probably can't even raise chickens at, at this address. But it got me to thinking what would happen if our food supply was cut off for an extended period of time? What if the evil that stuffed the ballot box to make Biden win and all the the evil behind all the decisions that Biden makes, what if they decided to use starvation and lack of water as a way for us to say, yeah, we'll throw away our constitution, just give us food and water again. That definitely wouldn't be above them. (laughs) I could see them doing that. I just don't know. Um, how us as people would allow that. I That's the part I don't know. But then when you hear about Bill Gates owning a crap ton of farm country, of course, probably he says it's for the sake of environment, but suddenly a man who's a great proponent of the vaccine and also, you know, in my opinion, an antichrist, <laughs> not the antichrist, but definitely I just see pure evil whenever I look at his face. I, yeah, he could also influence the food supply from America. Right now we have a lot of ships that are in port that that they haven't, you know, pictures of those are very scary. People are saying Christmas might not be what it used to be. Um, But most of all, for me, Christmas is Christmas. Yes, it'd be nice to have nice gifts, but if not, you know, life goes on. But if your food or water um, or, you know, the necessities of life or in jeopardy, that's a huge concern of mine. So I had to step back and 
I was incredibly disturbed by this video. And, um, and it was just a coach pretty much talking about what he sees. I also read something and I might've mentioned in a previous podcast about, um, Hitler and the ways that they got Austria to agree to everything and how they slowly eroded Austria's rights until they didn't have anything. And they were able to take over and send people to concentration camps and, and all of that. And, you know, I can see all those things happen. Like everything's in place for that to happen. If it was to happen, it is going to take literally an act of God or something to not allow us to get further down that spiral. Um, and I definitely hope that is the case. And this whole situation has also made me get back to my faith, read the word more, pray more. Um, because when push comes to shove, it feels like that's the only hope I have left. But in the same regard, you know, I don't want to be vulnerable if there is a food or water shortage. And I am hugely about abundance. I do not, not, not believe in scarcity or, you know, focus on scarcity because the more you focus on scarcity, the more you attract scarcity is and uh, the glass can be half full or half empty. Right. And I've always been a half full type of gal. Sure, I can slip and, um, you know, not and start seeing things from a scarcity standpoint. I think we all can, but I need to flip that back. And so trying to build up a food storage has been hard for me um, because I'm very much, you know, get rid of anything that I'm not using, donate it, whatever, you know, whatever that looks like throughout things that expire, always have a fresh food supply, turning it over, turning it over, turning it over. So storage to me is kind of a step backwards. But then when I thought about, okay, well, you know, we have car insurance in case something happens, right? I, I mean, any type of insurance kind of, you have to kind of buy it from a scarcity standpoint, health, health insurance. We have that in case we really need it. And we don't want to get stuck with a six figure bill. Same thing with car insurance. Although People could argue car insurance is kind of imposed on you. It's the law. <laughs> um, so, you know, it goes both ways. But for me, I really thought, you know what? I think that, you know, it wouldn't hurt to get a little bit into prepping. You know, I don't mean a total extent, but, you know, and what do I have to protect myself if, if something bad really did happen or you know, this shit hit the fan or whatever. And I realized that there were some serious lacks that I needed to focus on in my own house. And, um, you know, we have neighbors and everything like that. So I don't know how that would play out if, you know, we were the only ones on the block with food and things like that. I haven't thought that far ahead. But one thing we did do this summer is have a garden and it wasn't for any reason other than to just try it out. It was a vegetable garden and it was actually a lot of fun. And um, I had to learn a lot about how to handle surplus because we had a crap ton more than we could eat before it would spoil. And so, you know, I've had to play with that as well and also think about, well, why don't we turn this into a long term storage? Why don't we turn this into more of getting prepared instead, you know, instead of just, you know, doing this for fun. And so um, we 
have done just that. And I am learning to cam. I also bought a food dehydrator and have learned that we did tomatoes, got tons of tomatoes, learned how to dehydrate those. It's actually it's a no brainer to dehydrate if you have a dehydrator, but um, you know, and with tomatoes, you can never actually get all the moisture out um, unless you kind of treat it with a chemical, which I don't want to do to prevent spoilage. So I just have kept ours freeze dried them and now, or not freeze dried them, but dehydrated them. Now they're in the, the freezer ready and available. And they really are a lot easier to store when they're dried. You take all the water out that you can store a heck ton more tomatoes. And then I don't have to worry about them going bad so quickly. And I really like that. And I've been using the dehydrator to squash and, you know, um, we had some nasturtium flowers. And so I dried that and I'm thinking of doing nasturtium salts, maybe for Christmas gifts or nasturtium tea. I hope I'm saying that right. Forgive me if I'm not, it's a bright yellow flower and, um, it's a really cool plant too, because you can use it. It, it kind of, calls over all the harmful um, bugs that might be harming your other plants in your garden. And it calls them over. It's called like a trap plant, I think is what it's called. And so, and it's very, it's edible. The flowers are edible and so are the leaves. You can make like grape leaves out of them. So I've been Googling that. And then we decided to maybe, you know, try out our garden for the winter. So we went and we built a greenhouse structure to go over the garden box. And the garden box is pretty sizable. It's, you know, 10 feet by four feet by four feet high. Um, we had a, a, we had a fence surrounding it. Now we have like a little tunnel greenhouse. So um, I just bought a bunch of heirloom seeds so I'm going to see if we can um, germinate them, seed them, and then plant them. This is all new to me. I haven't had a garden since I was a little girl. So it's kind of fun to do this. And, and that's the thing is, you know, when you're faced with situations that are out of your control, which we have... A plethora of at this point, especially if you disagree with the mainstream narrative as I do about vax, about masks, about how you know bad COVID truly is, um, all of those things. One of the things that you have left when you can't take direct action, like they just reinstituted the mask policy here in Fort Collins. And I literally was so upset. I couldn't sleep one night over it. It's like, we are going backwards. And then they say, well, your ICU numbers are, you know, getting full. That's why we're doing this. Cause it's just our County. No other County in, in Colorado is, has done that yet. And then I think, well, I, I truly believe that some of those numbers are, are, you know, inflated. And if it's such an issue, you know, we there are other hospitals in the city or not in the city, but in the, the state, you know, and it just, and I personally believe masks don't work from everything that I've studied. I know people would disagree, but I don't. And I didn't want to go backwards. Suddenly everyone indoors has to wear masks, whether you're vax or not. Now, at least we don't have vax 
passports like some of the people that I know that live in the bigger blue cities. So thank God for that. But they're kind of forcing businesses to make that choice because if there is a business that can, you know, prove 95% of the people in there at, at any given moment have the vax, then they don't have to make everyone wear a mask. So it's kind of like peer pressure, big shock, like this whole thing has been nothing but a bunch of peer pressure. But that is something that's out of my control. I mean, yes, I could um, storm City Hall and and maybe get, you know, fellow believers to protest. Would that create the desired change? I have no idea, yes or no. It, But I just didn't feel like that fight was my fight. But instead, I am taking that energy and I am trying to funnel it into a betterment. So for me, at this point, for me and also for others, my podcast is one way that I am like to encourage those that are of similar beliefs and on a, on a similar journey, but also to help prepare myself and maybe kind of play with it. And not from a, you know, an angle like we're all going to die and I'm going to be sitting on a, a, a pile of flour with a gun, you know, um, just warding off my neighbors. That's not where my, my mind goes with it, but I've never thought of long-term storage in my life before. I've, never felt the need to do that. Now, I know there's some preppers out there that always feel like the the fall of civilization is going to happen sooner or later, and and they've stored up for years, and God love them. And, um, you know, I don't discount their beliefs, but for me, I've never really seen the need until now when everything is so crazy and, you know, the politicians in charge aren't even worried about coming across as dictators anymore. They just do. And the press eats it up and and says, please, sir, may I have some more? And everyone that listens to the press or talks and believes the people that do, uh, you know, listen to the press, they're, you know, taking it, it all at face value. And I can see this going a different direction. Now, I hope I'm wrong. I hope all my food storage goes bad and that I never need to use it or, you know, to the point where I have to change it out and rotate it out. And um, if that's the case, (laughs) I'm very, very happy. But just like having car insurance or health insurance, I feel that it might be smart to have some. And so we have a storage space underneath the house. It's it's a little more than a crawl space. You can um, actually stand up in it, but it's not considered a basement because it's, it's not finished and it's really not. I think you have to stand and your head kind of still hits the ceiling. But, you know, we put it down there where it's cool. And I'm thinking of getting a root cellar. And I was online checking all the different things that will last forever. Maple syrup, for one, lasts, lasts a very long time. So does honey. And, yeah, I bought some of those goods. And I am, I bought beans and flour, but then I heard that, you know, sometimes you can get weevils in those. They, they already have the eggs in them. And if they sit for a very long time, they can get bugs in them. And I've actually seen that happen once in my life. So I was like, okay, so now I'm on this process of trying to figure out how do I make my beans and flour, um, you know, last longer, not turn to bugs like 
when the time I need it, I pull it out and there's all bugs crawling in it and it's ruined, right? Or maybe they crawl, get out of the bag and start crawling in the other food that I have stored. You know, there's all these concerns. So, um, so I'm researching that I, you know, I bought the, uh, dehydrator off of Amazon so that I could, you know, with the, what we garden, we are looking at winter type of gardens to plant and yeah, it's October and yeah, I'm, you know, we get winters, but certain things you, you can still grow in winter weather and we don't get that cold here, maybe down to zero at the worst, worst, worst. And then that's not every year. So, you know, we, there are plenty of opportunities for us to, um, grow and, and how, and, and make, you know, extend the life of what we are growing right now with a little greenhouse over it and also trying to propagate new plants if possible. And there's, you know, all these simple tricks, you know, we built the, um, greenhouse, um, off a YouTube video, and it, it's really cool. You kind of lift it up and then the gardens under it, even it's this huge, like lift up table with the greenhouse on it. And it's really cool. And through that, as I talk about and make this podcast about how do you make the best of the situation and all the chaos, that is one way to throw your efforts into ways to better your situation or even better your friend's situation if you feel called to. So that if disaster strikes or it's a way to feel comfortable, um, you know, also getting a weapon would be a way to feel comfortable. Maybe not for everybody, but if someone is worried about that and they don't have a weapon, that would be another way to um, get comfortable. And so, you know, that, and, and, and another thing, and another thing I learned is that if something is upsetting you too much. Like the video that I watched circling back to how I opened the podcast of the coach, you know, describing all the, the ways in the past that, you know, people were taking advantage of it and then bringing up Australia and saying their shelves are bare because a lot of truckers are, you know, um, striking against the forced vacs. Yeah. That can get you a little scared, but the video was three hours long. I only watched the first hour. Now, maybe I got better an hour, two, and three, but I couldn't take that chance because that video disturbed me so greatly. I could see from that how that could happen here in America. I just couldn't continue with that video any longer. It just, I stopped it and I haven't looked at it since. Um, maybe there's a shiny rainbow. I did hear him selling something, you know, at the end of it too. And I'm like, eh, is he, you know, and I respect this guy, but it almost seemed like he was trying to build up fear so that he, we would buy into his program, which is completely wrong and awful and horrible. But anyhow, so through all of this full circle, I'm becoming a little bit of a prepper. And I think that that is where I'm going to focus this podcast for a while, because it's interesting and it's fun for me as opposed to the other, you know, focusing on everything that could go wrong in our society. Yes, I'm choosing to prep because something might go wrong. However, it's also fun and like a hobby to me. It's kind of interesting, the whole 
canning food process and growing and, and kind of living off your own and what would they call it? Self-sustainability, right? Which is unfortunately more of a leftist term, but, um, I'm for that in my world as well. And so what I learned since the last podcast that I had is that it is important to turn the negative energy into something that's positive and that changes your feelings, most of all your feelings. When I get down and when I get scared, my body takes a, a nosedive and I have physical training that I go to um, from, for my ongoing pain issue that I've shared on here before. I, you know, I'll have a setback every week when I'm in a place of fear and I, I don't even have a place of about the, my fear of pain, but just the fear of the mask mandate coming back or fear of, you know, someday our food supply is going to, you know, we're going to have supply chain issues off the wazoo or my power is going to go out and I don't have a backup. All of those things I am turning around to positive actions and that is what is important for everyone, in my opinion. And also the other lesson I learned is if something starts scaring the shit out of you, stop. Because our minds can take, give your mind an inch and it'll go a mile. And if you start seeing something that says, holy crap, that's that could happen in ours. Everything is set the stage for that. Put it aside. Don't watch anymore. Take lesson from it and maybe say, well, hey, is there some way that I can do in my own power that if that really happened, I'd be preserving or helping the family or prolonging the family's existence? Yes, definitely. But don't geek out on the video and watch and then start Googling what happened in Nazi Germany and, you know, just everything. And <laughs> I did all of that. And that wasn't the best route because the more my eyes read, the worse and worse I felt. And that's not going to help me get anywhere. And so those are the two lessons that I would like to impart to you about living a life in these crazy times and how to make it better. And as, as I proceed, I will also talk about other ways, um, of prepping and, you know, different things that I've learned for that. Not forever, but probably a short series on it because it is of great interest to me right now and it's it's fun. So I hope that you listeners are all doing well and that you're taking strides in your life to feel better about the current situation. Um, yes, some things are incredibly di dire. I, I can't argue there. And it just feels like communism and socialism is on our back door, banging it down. But whatever we can do to feel better and not hopeless, that is where it's at. And that's where the energy is at. And that is where I choose to reside. So thank you for tuning in and I will catch you on the next podcast. Thank you. Bye-bye.